it was very pleasurable to help people out that needed it so bad. You know, um, they pretty much just lost everything, which I know how that feels. Um, but to give them the act of kindness and not really expect anything back. Hello all and welcome to Season 1, Episode 10 of Audio Stew. I'm your host, Kurt Bailey, and my guest today is Corey Dishman. Corey is my cousin, and he's been staying with us about the past month um, due to some health complications. Um, I decided to bring Corey on the show because he just has experienced a lot of hardships recently, um, yet has also experienced a lot of uh, tremendous opportunities in his life. And overall, he just really has a unique perspective on life right now, and so I wanted to share that with all of you. Introductions aside, let's just dive into the episode now. Would my guest on the other side of the table please make himself known? <laughs> uh, I'm uh, Kurt's cousin, I guess, and um, unfortunately, I am here having some recovery issues from a pacemaker at 35 mm-hmm. which totally stinks you know but um i knew that someday this day would come and i'm very thankful for kurt's family and actually doing this with kurt i've actually listened to him for a few times and listened to his broadcast and i thought it was pretty interesting so i guess that's who i am there, there you are. Although you skipped a, a key, a key part. Who's you, that? A, What's that? A key part of that is that you never said your name. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, of course. I am actually Corey Dishman, and um, my mother is my aunt's sister. And she actually passed away from the same thing that I am suffering from, but with a few more issues. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I brought Corey on today. And like you said, he's been on the show before and uh, had lots of... Or not been on the show before, but he's listened to the show before, is what I meant to say. As you can tell, I am... I'm not exactly a uh, professional here, Corey. There's, this is this is a, a hobby at the moment. That's all right. Um, but yeah, I thought we we could uh, talk and maybe just learn a little bit more about Corey because he's had a, as you can tell, a pretty adventurous life so far, and uh, we're gonna walk through some of that and I think my mom is yelling at my brother for. Bringing in the cat or something. Oh. It what? I did not yell at him. He was making a Oh, Drew is making a goofy noise? <laughs> and Mom is telling him to stop. There are a million people in the room right now. It is fine. There are cats everywhere. Maybe Corey and I should not have picked the uh, the kitchen to I, I guess it. not. I guess not. <laughs> anyway, um, I've completely derailed us, and we're only three minutes in. So, Corey, why don't you tell us um, a little bit more about yourself, just as far as um, any of your hobbies, um, 
what you, you know, like to do in your free time, um, any, what really whatever else you got, just whatever you feel like. Well, you know, um, man, I've done a lot of adventurous things, I guess, in my life. I kind of feel like this is still a little adventurous, but maybe more of it a relaxed state. Hmm. You know, I've, I've, uh, most of my life, I've worked really hard to be a welder. Okay. Yep. Um, I went to Pine Ridge Job Corps for a few years. Was not the best of students. Um, stayed a little bit longer than most, but that's all right. It was a a self-teaching process, kind of, and mm-hmm. they gave me time, and they taught me a lot of hard lessons, and I remember one time, I, I, I hate measuring, I hate math, but the, the I do too. <laughs> inspectors and instructors have told me that if you want to learn it that bad, um, you got to do it, so I did it, and I remember a lot of reviews to where they kept us in you know, like a conference room, and they mm-hmm. told us that, you know, why should we keep you here on campus? You're not passing this weld. And it's like, well, to be honest with you, I don't want to be a painter. I don't want to be a, a nurse. I don't want to be a, a electrician or a concrete layer. I mm-hmm. want to be a welder, mm-hmm. you know. And even though I wasn't succeeding, I was trying every day. I was involved in a lot of other activities on campus, and I think that's why they gave me the opportunity to just keep staying in. Hmm. I remember my hardest thing is I was stuck on a weld for six months. I was doing it, man, I must have did it 10, 20 times a day. Hmm. And my instructor was just like, oh, you you don't pass, you don't pass, you don't pass, you know. And he would always say, you know, um, man... He goes, when are you going to pass that well? And I said, I don't know. And I remember taking it in one day, and he said, uh, he goes, what are you smiling at, Mr. Dishman? And I said, well, I guess my other instructor thinks that I'm going to pass this well. He thinks it's good enough. And he goes, it does. He goes, well, what would you do with it? And I go, I, I tossed it in the scrap barrel. And he goes, well, you better go get that thing because I want to see it. And I said, okay. And I showed him, and. He, he comes up to me, and he had a big old smirk on his face, and he said, You know what, Mr. Dishman? He goes, you could have passed that six months ago, but he goes, I just wanted to push you. Hmm. And I looked at him and said, you SOB. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, I understand what he's trying to do, and I'm glad that I accomplished that. You know, that was something that I really wanted to learn how to do was just be a welder and... um do a good deed to society. I always liked welding because you never know everything's made of steel. I mean, even this dumb microphone has got some sort of... I don't know what's in it, but it's... Yep. (laughs) There's some sort of steel component, you know, and I think about, like, some guy who's maybe like me or just like me that's around just making things really for us to live better lives, you know, our farm equipment, our computers, everything. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like to think about, oh man, you know, like some guy did the same thing that I did, making this dumb little part for this dumb little microphone, you know, but it's nice to know who that guy was and 
the time and effort he put into, I guess, make our lives maybe a little more funner or a little more happier, hmm. you know? So I guess that's one of the main reasons why I liked welding, you know? Mm-hmm. So you had a desire to get into welding even from like when you're younger and stuff yeah you know i just i i kind of always pictured myself being a farm equipment and repair guy because i live in nebraska and that's about all we got here Mm -hmm. and you know i always picture myself just being the guy that goes to the field and fixes the farmer's thing you know but you know in return it's not the fact that you want money for doing the job it's really more the fact that you know you helped a farmer out today that really in general helps you out in life he Mm. harvests your corn he he makes sure you got you know ethanol it's in our gas corn is everywhere but you know Mm -hmm. think about what might happen if that farmer didn't have that piece of equipment fixed Mm -hmm. that day you know or what would happen to a dairy farm that Mm -hmm. needed an emergency and you had to muck through all the cow dung and everything else just to get it fixed but you know if you didn't do stuff like that you may not get milk the next day you know so i, I have a friend who's uh who uh who's been a farmhand before and yeah i can tell you from from what i've heard it like if the machine breaks down like it's that's just it for the day like that's right. you're gonna spend the next however many days getting this thing back online because you, you're right you got to get it in and yeah i think it's cool that you can you know yeah maybe not always directly but like very much so indirectly be a part of that process as as a welder and stuff and that's so cool mm-hmm. yeah what um Tell me more a little, a little bit more about the the welding thing. What um, so you wanted to do this for a long time, and then you went to college. You got it, you know, figured it out to get it, you know, trained how to do it, and then actually doing it. Like, what was it? Was it like everything you imagined it would be? Like, yeah, the- you know, kind of. Um, it was everything I knew it was. And, you know, it's funny, but when you say welder. There's a point, a certain point, where you turn into a metal worker. Hmm. Welding is, yeah, that's a talent. Not a lot of people haven't. Not a lot of people can do it. But there's also a lot of other sides to being a welder slash metal worker slash whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, metallurgy is so complicated. But that's the way, like, metal is formed and shaped and molded into aluminum or titanium or something, you know. Uh, bending, it was funny, I was filling out a disability paper because of my dang pacemaker, and mm. it, they asked me what I did all day, and for some reason, I decided to put in my disability paper that I deal with steel all day. I cut it, I break it, I bend it, I make it, I I, I form it, I, I clean it, I... I color it i mean you name it i i do it Mm -hmm. you know um when you it's not yeah you say you're a welder well it's easy to sit here and weld a piece over and over and over like a manufacturer but when you can bend something to make something fit for something else Mm -hmm. or shape it to make it work or something like that it's very 
it's very interesting because not a lot of people have any idea on what to do when something breaks, you know. You wonder why a farmer comes to a welder? Because he doesn't know what to do, hmm. you know. So it, it's just, it, it becomes, you know, almost a science. I remember one time, it was me and my boss were, we were put a bearing on a big um, drill bit um, for drilling wells for water and you have to kind of heat it up to a certain point so that that bearing that steel bearing actually expands Hmm. um, when it gets to a certain point and then you put it on like over a pipe and you put it on there and when the heat recedes the 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 grit it will it will go back to its original form oh okay huh and the boss was like what are we going to do we we can't use a rosebud uh, which is a a oxyacetylene torch because we will melt it Hmm. you know you can't control a temperature Hmm. and i said well we was doing some research and i said what about putting it in the oven because we just got a brand new shop. He goes, put it in the oven. I go, yeah, man. I go, I don't know. He goes, think about it. If we put it in the oven, there's going to be a heating element down there, mm-hmm. which will make all the heat rise. And it will be even, mm-hmm. you know. And we won't have to, like, use a rosebud to do anything. So I remember doing that for this. He was actually a common, he was a he was a town common guy you know my dad actually worked for the company as well and Mm -hmm. we heated that bearing up and man it was crazy because you know this bearing is you know however i don't know how many degrees probably seven i think we had it on as max as the oven would go was like 750 degrees for like three hours you know you know i've never like this is (laughs) like like a this this is a regular kitchen kitchen you know i've never I mean, I've never tried to go that high. I've, yeah, everything tops out at like four. Yeah, you, you would know? think like, about it, huh. but you know, when you kick a turkey or something, the, the heat is even. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I was like, I don't know. I go, it's just a wild idea. You know, yeah. I may have picked it up from maybe some past jobs or something, and it was so crazy. You got to remember, this thing is super duper red hot. And I remember the boss giving, like, the biggest gloves I could ever see that were heat gloves, you know. And he grabbed that thing, and, you know, I had everything set up, and I was ready for this. I opened up the, like, three doors so we could get it through the kitchen and the break room and outside. And we slipped it on, and, dude, the whole place, I mean, smelled like oil for days because we were (laughs) cooking, you know, this greasy bearing, you know, the best that we could in an oven. But we slipped it on that pipe, man, and it went on, and it just, it receded, you know, the heat mm-hmm. disappeared, and it receded, and it's like, oh my gosh, <coughs> that was quite the incredible thing that no one would ever think about, and it's so funny that the oven was the cure for the whole problem, mm-hmm. and it was just like, I mean, he was pretty excited, and I was super excited, and I was like, wow, that's just incredible. <laughs> that actually <man."> <laughs> Yeah, it actually works, you know, but I mean, huh. it was just such an incredible thing to be like, man, you know, the only way that was able to happen was because a bunch of experienced welders or metal workers were able to come up with that solution that actually worked. So do you think it's a lot more of a welding is having the you know the knowledge of how to actually 
weld something, obviously. But then the job is more of, like, just straight up problem solving. Pretty much, you you know, like, in farm equipment and repair, things are broke that aren't supposed to be broke. Things get fixed that aren't supposed to be fixed. You wonder why they make new combines. Mm -hmm. Because the farmer beats the crap out of it all year long. Mm -hmm. It's time for him to get a new one. But you know what? Some farmers can't afford to get a new one. So they take the cheap way out and have someone fix it that may be terrible. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. But you know what? It gets them through the day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not the easiest of job. It's not the funnest of job. I mean, I've been in manure and inside a... uh, manure spreader before and (laughs) i've had to step in it you know i've even had a nice little pacemaker incident when i was younger to where i was welding in a pool of water with a electrical current flowing through my body probably not the best idea so i got a nice little shock It wasn't the best of experience, but you know what? I've been shocked like three, four times in my life, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that does kind of feel the same. (laughs) So it's like, huh, you know, but now they tell me that I can't weld because of my pacemaker, Hmm. which is a real bummer. Hmm. But you know what? I've lived it. I guess I kind of lived a dream that I had to live, Hmm. and... Not a lot of people get a chance to actually live their dream, you know? Mm-hmm. So, am I mad at God? No. Mm-hmm. I had a pretty good opportunity. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it most of my life. Yeah. So. What, um, what was your, what was your favorite part of welding? Welding. Well, you know, my favorite part, I guess, was probably just getting paid was always good. <laughs> I mean, good you point. never <laughs> you never went anywhere and got bad pay being a welder. Okay. I will admit that my trade always paid well. Hmm. No one ever had enough welders to do anything. Hmm. You know, everywhere I went, I never started less than $10 an hour. Mm-hmm. Most of my jobs started from 11 to 12 to maybe 15 Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great trade to learn because, as you see, steel is everywhere. Yep. And you never have enough people to make it. So, the trade is taking care of me, really. Hmm. What about uh, what about your other experience with Job Corps? I know you. We, so some of this is stuff we've talked about because Corey has just been here in the past. You know. <laughs> When did you get here? A month ago? Something? About a month ago. About a month ago. And uh, I've been back from school for the past few weeks now. And so we've just, a lot of this is stuff we've already talked about before, but, you know, kind of wanted to share it with you guys and stuff. But um, tell me tell me more about um, the, the, the Job Corps experience. Yeah. What, well, what was that like? Job Corps all started because everybody is like, oh, you need an education, you need an education. And it's like, well, I can't afford one. Mm -hmm. And I heard that Job Corps was free. And I was like, okay. So I gave it a shot. And they said you can learn a trade and um, have a vocational education. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I ain't got to pay for it. But, you know, and technically it kind of was paying for it because programs like that are government taxes. A lot of your taxes are going to programs like that. Mm-hmm. Troubled kids, they're having a hard time. 
you know, um, what's the word, foreign kids, you know, that are coming over trying to become citizens or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. Um, you know, it was really fun because I work for the United States Forest Service, and the United States Forest Service is so awesome. I mean... Was it like fighting fires and stuff? Yeah, you okay. know, but it, you also were able to get a trade and um, make great pay when you decided to go out on it, when you were called on a fire, mm-hmm. you know, or even a natural disaster like a tornado. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so amazing to see the Forest Service. You know, the Forest Service has got the most money in any government branch. Really? In the country. What? Now, no one knows that because everybody's like, oh, the CIA's got more money and the FBI's <laughs> got more money. But think about it. When you are on the Forest Service and you go to a forest fire, let's say in Montana, for example, um, all of a sudden, a place that was nowhere is all of a sudden a town. Hmm. I mean, there's a grocery store there, there's there's food there, there's there's equipment there, and equipment you're going through every day, you're going through food every day, you're going through medical supplies every day, you're going through this every day. Hmm. Every day, you know? So if you think about it, the Forest Service is also in every state. I mean, they have a branch in every state, because hmm. there's forests everywhere. So, they have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. It was funny, uh, FEMA. I heard some stories about FEMA with Katrina Hunt, and I remember one of my supervisors was talking to me about something. He said, oh, you know, FEMA is sitting here and blah, 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 and I'm sure they try their hardest, and I'm sure there's just so much things that they have problems with, mm-hmm. but they got so overwhelmed that they had to call the foresters in to help them. Hmm. because they can handle it themselves. Now, you think about it, when the Forest Service, they go to a fire, they also supply the people that are near. You know, they give them cots or places to sleep or, mm-hmm. you know, at least cots. You know, maybe not a motorhome, but, you know, a cot, <laughs> yeah, somewhere yeah. to sleep. They somewhere give them that's blankets. not the ground. Yeah. So, but you know what? That's a lot better than having nothing. So do you go down to so, Katrina also? Unfortunately, I miss Katrina. Oh, okay. But I did go to a huge EF5 in Greensburg, Kansas. Okay. Um, that town was demolished, and it was kind of weird because I remember going in there, and the whole town was just completely demolished. But it was weird that God, like, left three bars that were, like, completely untouched because I felt he was like, hey, man, you guys just lost everything, but I'm going to let you drown your sorrows, you know. There was three <laughs> bars that were, like, completely untouched in the whole town. Did you okay? This is totally random. Have you ever heard of the? Uh, it's called a Waffle House Index. Have you heard of this before? Uh, maybe not. Okay, there's I look this up. I'm I'm not joking, but there's something called a Waffle House Index, which registers basically how I don't know exactly how to say it. Like how bad the damage was to a town. Because, like, Waffle House is the one place that's, like, always open no matter what happens. (laughs) Sure. So if Waffle House is closed, then you guys are screwed. But if Waffle House is open, then it can't be that bad. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know what... Sorry, that's totally (laughs) random, but that's a legit thing. It is a little weird, you know? Yeah. But um, I remember seeing trees with hay stuck through them. I mean, I've seen trucks and trees and mm-hmm. and just demolishment. And, you know, it's funny, those big companies like Walmart or at uh, Arctic Ice, 
you know, you never get to see the donations that they are actually giving. They're mm. giving huge donations. People don't see that because they don't have to experience that, you know. But Arctic Ice, they donated five trucks. They drove them in every freaking day. Mm. And I was the guy who handed out sack lunches, man. So when it was hotter and snot out, I'd step in the truck, you know. But I would supply people with ice and give them sack lunches every day. Every mm. day for, I think it was like three weeks. And it was weird because one of my uncles was actually in the same town that I was. Okay. But he was working on power lines. Hmm. So, and of course, I never would have known that. This huge mess. And <clears throat> it was very interesting. It was very pleasurable to help people out that needed it so bad. You know, um, they pretty much just lost everything, which I know how that feels. Um, but to give them the act of kindness and not really expect anything back I think hmm. I heard that that town is very beautiful right now and they've covered very well and I'm very glad that they've recovered because that EF5 was was terrible is there something about I feel like this is something you've, you've hit on a couple of times now it's just the idea of like you help someone and they're you know probably have no idea that it was you like or even if they knew it was you like you know who who's gonna remember like the the welder that did this or the you know the that one time in my life when i like if there was a kid you know i was eight years old and some dude handed me a sack lunch like when you think about it like my memory's terrible. Like, I barely remember things from when I was a kid. But you had an impact on someone that they may never know. Like... Yeah. And that's just crazy to me. Like, not that... Not that you have to be recognized for things, but that you can have an impact on someone without them even knowing. Like that. Yeah, exactly. That's really cool to me. You know, my boss, I think he kind of felt like that. Hmm one of my welding bosses the day he fired me you know um he kind of the reason why i started my dad talked about him a lot when i was younger and then you know i don't think my boss realized that he had an impact on me quite a bit um hmm. he taught me how to um operate machinery something that i've never done i never operated a shear or anything like that he also taught me, never really taught me how to weld aluminum, but I was welding aluminum for a long time. Um, never taught me how to do it, and I never done it. But I've always set up the gun for him and got it ready for him. Hmm. But the supervisor one time asked me, do you know how to weld aluminum? And I said, I don't know. Well, I find out. And I remember putting the gun to the aluminum, and I ran one bead. And I was like, oh my goodness, I know how to do this. <laughs> and I was shocked myself, and I I think he was a little shocked because, you know, they don't get the best of talents. Well, an aluminum is very hard. Um, he was shocked. The guy who trained me was shocked. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I ran another bead, and it looked better in the first one. And, you know, I don't think the boss realized that that, you know, just the fact that maybe just 
teaching someone how to set up a gun hmm. was actually enough to get him started to do something else. Hmm. I remember calling him when I got the pacemaker and telling him I just wanted to thank him for letting me do my dream, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, because I told him I may never see him again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was weird, but the next few days he kind of stopped by and he was like, I'm really happy you called. And he goes, it's so nice to have someone take an interest in what I'm doing, you know, which mm-hmm. I've always had an interest. And, you know, I never blamed him for firing me. Mm-hmm. Um, because really, I probably wouldn't be here if he didn't. So, hmm. whose fault is it? I don't know. I I really don't care, but hmm. I got to accomplish something that most people never get a comp- chance to do. Mm-hmm. So, what um we you know normally I I have a a lot more free time to record for. <laughs> different things the court i've been trying to record the past couple of days and our schedules keep getting squashed and so we're on a tighter schedule today it's gonna be a shorter episode so i'm gonna move on to just sort of the, the thing we've been you know addressing the elephant in the room is uh you know what's what's been happening these past couple years and then oh, just you know what have you what have um, you learned <laughs> What have I learned? Well, maybe start with the first part, then we'll go to what you've learned. You know, past couple years, see, my mom passed away, I think a few years ago now. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's even longer. Heck, I can't even remember. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was a welder at the time, and I had a really good job and a really good apartment and really nice everything. It was kind of weird, but at one point God stripped everything that I ever had, and then he gave everything I ever had and so much more back, Hmm. Um, which is kind of what's happening right now. I just got accepted in a great housing place, and it'll probably be my final resting apartment. You know, it's very flexible, and I'll be able to be monitored and checked with, Hmm. you know, so one thing I've learned that I, I think that when death happens, I don't think we think about where we're going to go or anything. I think about the happy times that we maybe spent with our families, mm-hmm. uncles or cousins that made us feel happy, mm-hmm. you know, try to have a happy life. And those memories that you do remember or don't remember were were pretty amazing, you know, at that time, you felt happy and just, you know, loved and cared for. And so when my mom died, I guess I didn't I didn't really care. I just wanted God to get a hold of her hmm. because she was suffering through a lot of pain for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I figured if God got a hold of her, strip away all of her problems. She'd hmm. be healed, you know. So hmm. I was hoping that I didn't really care what God get what God did if he left her here or if he took her I didn't I didn't really care Mm because I knew whatever way she was going she would be all right Mm -hmm. and I kind of think about that every day too like especially when I was getting to get the pacemaker Mm -hmm. um it's like I really don't care which way you send me you know I had a good happy time hopefully I can live a few more years Mm -hmm. um but you know my family is 
has definitely made this adventure on Earth kind of worth living and hmm. having fun with. So I'm glad I got to share those memories with those people and some friends. So, mm-hmm. you know, try to be happy. Try to have fun all the time and remember memories. I remember my grandpa passed away and there was a, a pheasant or a rooster and it'd fly up in front of us and I was just a little kid and man that dang rooster flew right into a power line man <laughs> yeah. and like it fried itself and my <laughs> uncles are looking at me and my grandpa was just shaking his head like oh my gosh you know and and I mean it literally cooked the rooster I mean the feathers <laughs> were plucked I mean it had a little bit of chard on some of the legs and uh i mean it was just so fun to experience that you know and just share that with someone i loved and i'll tell you something about your dad your dad was hunting with us one time and (coughs) we always hear the roosters crowing in the morning you know and we walk this certain our, our kind of family farm every year and uh your dad Man, he heard those roosters clucking, and man, you're not supposed to shoot a rooster until you can see the sun, you know. Mm -hmm. But your dad was quick trigger finger that day, and before that rooster, I mean, before the sun was up, your dad just shot it, man, and it went down, and we were like, what are you doing, Dad? It ain't even done yet, you know? And your dad was just like, man, I I don't know what happened, you know? But, you know, it was just kind of, it was just a fun time and a fun memory. Um, I'm not sure, I think it was just him that year from the Bayleaf Bunch, but... All these... (laughs) times down at the farm and stuff yeah and you know and, and that's yeah that's something that i remember about your dad you know is as it's just like holy cow dan but you know i've had a lot of good times i remember there's one time there's like 20 of us out in the field and man my uncles were there and and my cousins were there and this rooster got up you know and it flew like a line and my usually my uncles are crack shots. They hardly ever miss. But that day, for some reason, they did not hit the rooster. And it got up, and it flew through all of us, and everybody shot at it. And it got to the end, and we were like, well, what happened to that rooster, you know? Because it went down kind of towards mm-hmm. the end. So we thought, oh, maybe my crack shot uncle got it on the end. But it was actually the same dang rooster, and it got up again and shot it went up again and flew in front of all of us and we all shot at it and missed the dang thing. But it went down at the end on the second round and that evening when we were cleaning it, that dang rooster had no BBs in it. Hmm. And we think it might have died of a heart attack. <laughs> Just in the, in the air. <laughs> because it was like, man, we know we shot this thing, you know. <laughs> I remember one time we got to a patch and we walked maybe 20 30 feet into this patch and there was so many roosters that no one knew which one to shoot at and uh, we ran out of bullets man we had to go back and get shotgun shells me and my cousin we were like oh come on you know and we had to get shotgun shells for everybody and I was handing them out to all my uncles you know and I had a few and and it was like oh man my first rooster I ever hit landed in a dang badger hole or something 
and it was still flopping around and I was like, gosh dang it, only me, Lord, right? So I'm going to have to reach in there and pull it out. And oh, man, it was still flopping around. I didn't even know there's a batter in there. There's a huge hole. And I pulled it out and, you know, did the humane thing. But it was like, man, the only rooster I hit. And I got to pull that of a dang badger. Oh, I was up to my freaking shoulder, you know. My dad is like, everybody just shaking their head. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's just shaking their head like, man, uh, he, what is going on down there? But, you know, hmm. those are just memories that I remember just yeah. sharing with family. Yeah, I love that. That's, you know, you know, again, we've talked more and we can talk more about these hopefully in the past, you know. Uh, Good news, your your new situation is hopefully coming together. Not positive win, but it's hopefully soon, and so that's exciting. But yeah, hopefully before then we can talk some more about different things. Um, we got I got one more question, and we're gonna go a little bit over when I said I had to go. But, okay. Um, if you could tell anyone. Um, who's maybe walking through a similar situation where you know everything in life just keeps knocking them down you can't seem to get a win these days and what do you think you you'd tell them to help them get through it you know I mean I I'm learning about this myself when my mom was struggling through other problems I just kind of asked, you know, like, why? Why she kept trying? Why she kept fighting? You know? I could see that family is probably a big reason. Mm -hmm. I could see that, you know, it's amazing how, like, after getting a pacemaker, I remember the first thing I wanted to do was go outside and just see the trees and the birds and Mm. just kind of coop up in the hospital for about a month. I just wanted to see that stuff again, you know. It's amazing, like, what's here on Earth, how beautiful it is. And when you struggle like like I have been, um, I guess you just kind of keep pushing forward and just almost see what happens the next day. You know, maybe the leaves will turn a different color, you know. Maybe it's hmm. fall, or maybe you made it that long, or... Hmm. Or someone will give you some money for something, or someone will help you doing something. And it's kind of funny, like, I always think about, like, man, I remember one time I was just starving. And my boss is like, are you starving? I go, oh, yeah, man, I'm so hungry. So he took me to the drive-thru and he bought me a burger. And I just kind of sat there and wondered, like, you know what? Actually, God gave me that burger. Hmm. He gave me... He, he knew I was starving, so he gave my boss the the money, I guess, to buy me a burger, hmm. you know? And, I, I mean, it's funny how, like, things are just so different the next day, and you just keep ticking on and, and wondering what's going to happen next. And maybe it could be the most amazing thing. Maybe you could meet a woman that you want to marry in the future or... You know, maybe you have just enjoyed life so much that maybe you get a hold of a dog or something that was straight, you know, or a rescue dog or something. Um, Sometimes maybe 
being an impact on them is enough for you to be an impact on someone else, you know? Mm. I'm, I'm sure that marriage is a beautiful thing, and it must be nice to spend life with someone that you love and can see every day, which I wish I could see God. I guess I would ask him a few questions myself, but, mm. you know... It's nice to know that he's there, because he always keeps keeping me taken. Mm-hmm. I hope I got a few more years left, but I'm trying. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I it's, that. Wow, <laughs> dang! Just keep on ticking, man. That that really that really hit that hit home for me. That's, when the day ends, yeah. Um, you know when it all ends, whenever it ends for you, you know. You'll be saved. You know why. <laughs> you know that you're going to, man, a more beautiful place than what Earth is, mm-hmm. is got. But Earth is pretty beautiful, too. It's kind of weird, but I think, like, you know, the Earth is mother, mm-hmm. and God is your father. God mm-hmm. or God, you, he's kind of your father figure, you mm-hmm. know. And Mother Earth's just kind of babying you, taking care of you, you know. Mm-hmm. She gives the trees rain when they need it. She gives us drought when we need it. Mm-hmm. I mean, she does those things. But it's not like she does them alone. I mean, God helps her do them. Hmm. So, you know, the birds are fed. I mean, I don't know. You have just as much purpose probably on this earth as you would up there. So, you know, yeah. do the best you can. God, God is... Sovereign over all things, he's he uh, has a, a purpose for us here on earth and yeah, a purpose for us in heaven. Honestly, it's just, but the core it's the same one. It's to it's to glorify God and all that we do. And I love how you the experiences you've had in life have helped you learn to appreciate everything in life more. That you see the beauty in every day, and you wake up, you know excited to see what might be different today you know what what new thing might i notice and yeah and just being able to live a life that um is meaningful because of because of god and mm-hmm. um well i guess yeah. that's a wrap huh? yeah thank you for coming on if you don't mind I'm, i haven't done this before but i might pray for you before we go and we'll call it good hey i don't i don't care man all right let's let's do that we'll we'll call it good um lord i just want to thank you for this day and i thank you for Corey and uh what a blessing he is um and thank you for his willingness to come on the show today and talk a little bit about his life and thank you for the things that we can learn um just by being in conversation with others Pray that you would be with Corey and um, help him to, to, to see you everywhere in life and um, to see your plan at work. Um, help us all to, to trust in you for, for our salvation, for our hope. Thank you for your work on the cross and for saving us from our sins. And that if we plead with you um, for forgiveness, that, that you will give it and that we will get to rest and in heaven with you and we thank you for the joy of being on earth and uh we do pray for for healing for Corey that you be with his body and remove some of this pain and if anything you know just 
help him to see the the joy of each new day and um we just thank you for for all that you do and uh in your name amen amen that's going to do it for today's episode of audio stew um a little bit of a, a different kind of outro um or ending to the episode i suppose there um just kind of felt appropriate and um Corey has uh, his housing situation and stuff and his health has been um, it's all been improving and getting figured out and stuff so that's been helpful but he's somebody you could uh, have in your prayers if you if you listen to this episode then there's a good chance you're pretty involved in my life and so um, just praying for the welfare of my family is uh, something I really appreciate wound up being a little bit shorter um again it was just schedule wise that was all we could do um Corey does love to to talk and tell stories though so i'm sure we could have gone much longer but it is what it is i guess i have yet to record the next episode of audio stew so that'll once again be a surprise but i can finally um announce something a little more formally um in that i am starting a new podcast uh if it goes well, anyhow, um, I, I plan for it to be a new podcast. Um, it's called Might Just Move, and we're going to talk about stories on this podcast, whether that's from books, movies, um, music, art, just any sort of storytelling medium. And um, we're going to talk about stories that... Um, have moved us that have impacted our lives um and share that with others and so as a whole it'll have a little more structure than audio stew and um probably be a little bit shorter on average but i think it's something that's very fruitful uh, very valuable and so looking forward to starting a test season a season zero of that i've already recorded episode one I don't know how many episodes I will record before I start releasing it, but maybe in the next mm, next few weeks to the next couple months, that's probably when that'll actually come out. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it, and so I hope you guys are too. And uh, I'll make another you know formal announcement when it's actually out. But that's gonna do it for today. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I love you guys, and um, I will catch you all later. See ya.